That was easy. Yeah. Now you're good. officially on a podcast. And this is the first time. <laughs> the first time. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the long text message. No, that wasn't you being nervous. Kim asked yeah. me, she's, she's like, is she nervous? I go, no, not at all. He's actually no. super relaxed. Yeah. He's just very analytical. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it comes from like, um, God, lead must be like, it's got to be over a thousand hours of lecture, you know, kind of a thing. You where, give lectures? Yeah, so I, I taught um, at the university for a few years um, at a senior design course for Texas A&M where I had to prepare like custom lectures for each individual class because they were attuned to a specific senior design program for, for groups of kids, you know. And so in that, in that context and in that case, they, they had to be unique every single time. It was fun, you know, so they, but it forced me to kind of drop the whole concept of like a structure in general and yeah. just try to be as, uh, well, analytical is a good word, you know, <laughs> as analytical as possible. Well, public speaking 101 right there, you have to get used to like, which is hard. It's hard. I'm, um, I'm very introverted, you know, by nature. And so, uh, there's a few ticks associated with public, uh, with, uh, public speaking in general that have a tendency to come out. One of them is humor. Humor is a very hardcore um, nervous tick of mine in, in particular. That's so, a good nervous tick, though. Yeah, it's a good one. A good rather than tick. just like falling, like, you know, accidentally hitting someone in the gut or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or get shaking or twitch or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're also, I mean, I could say serial entrepreneur. Yeah. You're an, I, I don't know that I yeah. like all those little taglines they do, but you're a multiple entrepreneur. You just got that in your blood. Yeah, I got it in my blood. You know, my going back, I think four generations, all of my family have always, have always been this way. I legitimately went to college with the pretense that I was not going to do that. You know, that I wasn't going to uh, own my own business. You know, I wanted to get more into the corporate structure, into the corporate world and kind of create my own career and kind of build my way, way up someone else's ladder. And then a few years into the game, that completely turned itself on its head, you know? <laughs> and so my father laughs at me a lot, saying, like, mm, you know, it's it's in your blood, which I don't know. Maybe there's a genetic component associated with it. But yes, um, entrepreneurship, I think, is something that's very much misunderstood. And I think it's romanticized a lot. Um, that's a good word. Yeah, it's that's rom- a good word for it, it. it. It's romanticized, but it it, in, it involves a great deal of passion and risk. A great deal of that. And risk is hard. You know, risk is hard, especially when you have a family. Risk is hard whenever people rely on you. You know, but um, at the end of the day, if you're confident in yourself, confident in your abilities, and you can roll the dice on yourself and feel like there's a pretty good chance that you're going to win. You know, I usually encourage people with skills and abilities, you know, like, go for it. You know, but if you lack skills and abilities, I usually kind of shuffle them down a, a different path. Are you honest with them? Like, you're like, hey, 100%. I don't think this is for you. 100%, because I got really great advice whenever I was younger, um, whenever the bug started to get me, and whenever I got thinking like, you know, I think I can do this stuff better than everybody else. I had honest advice saying like, no, you can't. You know, you're still young, you're still garbage at this, you know, get some skills, get better, you know, and then whenever you feel like you're at a particular tipping point, jump off on your own and see what happens, you know, and that was some of the best advice I had gotten because I was already thinking about doing it and then stuff had a tendency to happen, I think, in the right order. So you went from wanting to be an entrepreneur to not wanting to be an entrepreneur (sighs) to being thrust into being an entrepreneur. Yes. Um... So specifically, I 
had a few years in engineering as a career. So telecommunications has always been my career. Whenever I went to school, I started in agriculture engineering and then switched over to telecommunications engineering, which in context is towers on the side of the road. It's fiber optics, which is really popular nowadays, but it's also cell antennas. It's um, copper cabling. It's coax. It's dish dishes on the sides of the house. It's all of that stuff kind of wrapped, wrapped into one industry. And I've always found it really interesting, <clears throat> but whenever I realized that it could be a career, I got really excited about that and jumped right into it. Um, and then a few years into that, I was starting to think like, I, you know, arrogance, you know, whenever you're in your, in your 20s is pretty normal, right? And my arrogance combined with, I guess, my spirit, you know, kind of started getting me to start running my mouth. And then again... Some older people said, like, you're terrible at this, right? And you have no <laughs> skill. And it's good advice. Like, you, you don't know what you're talking about, but do this. You know, in, in this context, they said you're going down one path, switch a little bit. Be a little bit more eclectic. Gather different types and varieties of skills. And then whenever you decide that you're good enough, then you have a whole bunch of other skills to go get that are non-technical, you know, that are business related and that kind of a thing. But yes, I was thrust into this because I went down said path, you know, got, got to be a director of engineering, got to lead a few people, you know, moved up to there to a VP level in an engineering firm. And then I lost my job, you know, all of a sudden, completely out of nowhere. The industry took a little bit of a shake Goodness, I guess that was about eight years ago, <clears throat> and I was one of the victims of that. And it, was, it wasn't really all that unexpected, but it still kind of hurt, you know, you, when your arrogance gets slapped in the face a little bit, right? Um, and then I was like, well, you know, I, I looked around, I had a network, you know, and, but none of the options in front of me were all that attractive. Um, my family and I were pretty deeply um, spiritual, we're, we're, you know, devout Christians, and so we prayed on it a lot. And it kind of felt right to, to start down the, the journey of doing my own thing. You know, so my wife and I, we started Node Consulting Services. We actually were driving up and down the road trying to come up with a name that made sense. We didn't want to call it like Dixon something or other because, <laughs> you know, uh, my wife, uh, she has a business degree and she's brilliant. Uh, and she says like, well, here's a few things that we're going to do right, right off the bat. So we came up with something that was pretty relevant to the industry it still had consulting in it. You know, it put me in a particular typecast that was deliberate. And then I jumped off at that point. And then, and then the struggle train started. <laughs> the, the struggle train was hard. Um, that was a good 18 months of no income. That was a good 18 months of blood, sweat, lots of tears, you know, lots of, lots of humility, you know, um, because when you first start your own company and you're like, and the, you have the rose colored glasses on, and this is where, this is where it starts to get a little hazy for people that think they're an entrepreneur, right? Usually 90 something percent of people get masked off right now and they go grab an easy job and they say like, I don't think that this is for me. And it's because of those blood, sweat and tears in the beginning. Um, and they usually lack vision. Vision is super important. You know, most, you know, there's a lot of these taglines that seem like they're just something that people say <laughs> until you're bleeding inside of it. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. Now you understand what the word means. Yeah. 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 Sometimes people, including myself, you know, I had a good six months of just flailing. Like I got to get work, you know, I got to get some revenue into the company. I got to do something. I have to it starts to get to desperation and then the panic and then 
your vision gets hazy and you don't really, you kind of forget why you started doing it in the first place, you know? Well, the, I think, isn't some of that panic and um, you kind of press a little bit and then that makes you deviate from your vision and that's where it gets fuzzy? Because you're, yeah. you're like, oh, wait a second, I've got a family. You've got, you know, several kids at home yeah. and you've got a house that you got to pay for and you just said you were out of paycheck for 18 months. A long time. That's 18 I mean, months is a long time. So if you go three months without a paycheck, right? now panic would start to set in for <clears throat> just about everybody and you're like, hey, yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden the vision started, we need to start, like, I need to get something now. I just need to, I need something to come in. Yeah, there was a lot of that. You framed that up really well. You know, uh, the desperation is bad. It makes the, it makes the vision fuzzy and when you're in my line of work, which is primarily based on relationships with humans they can see that you know whenever you sit down with them and you say like listen man like whatever like drive an ice cream truck we got that no consulting services can do that for you they're like ah that doesn't make any sense to me you know they, they, they can see it they can see it pretty quickly and that's funny and i noticed we noticed in that first it was about six months you know that that was an issue we my wife and i we refocused a little bit we worked on the vision and then we um we attacked pretty deliberately with specific kinds of people for specific kinds of reasons and we almost immediately saw success you know i'm not saying that this is an x plus y equals z formula yeah but it just it was fortuitous at the time because we really needed the money you right? figured it out yeah so we went from desperation to survival to okay now we can pump against some of the debt that we put on ourselves to the point to where we can start chipping away at the debt and then we could finally start taking like a paycheck at some point so yeah, it was uh, it was quite the ride, but you know, it, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, you know, it's super binary. You know, it's always like stress, time, investment, blood, to everything is going so amazing. You know, and I think <laughs> a, a lot of the humility uh, kind of has a tendency to come into play there because yeah. if you've if you've if you've struggled. You can really appreciate things when they're really good, you know. And that's another thing that bleeds off of you when you're when you're talking to people, like, like, look at this cool thing that I have, you know. And I was like, oh, cool. I mean, it's a PlayStation. And I was like, no, listen, like, getting that PlayStation was rough, man. Every game I play is amazing on that. Um, but yeah, so Node Consulting Services went through what what I consider to be the typical S curve, and I've made lectures about this as well. You know, where it's a, a significant amount of time invested in failure, and and uh, uh, and then it spins up, and then things go really well, and success has a tendency to cascade upon itself. You know, and and that simply means when you do a good job for someone, they have a tendency to tell people, "This person did a good job for me," and that can that can associate with growth. That's a that's more of a I guess scientific way of saying what I I just told Raquel this the other day because yeah. her story is crazy like yeah what she what she went through and it seems like to me that I always say like the great the reason people are great at something whether it's business sports whatever it is is that they're willing to keep going through something mm. when the others are not yeah. they stop at this point and they just accept what they're at where they're at and then. This person goes, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. Like, sure. So something throws you a test, like being out of a paycheck for 18 months. Yeah. And most people would have stopped, like I said, at three or four, and you kept going. And there's no time limit on that test. But when you get done, yeah. like if you just keep going, eventually, you, like you said, success 
follows. Well, and listen, I want to be really clear here. You know, when some people drop off in those early stages, that can be really healthy for that person. You know, some people, they get hung up on seeing the people with the yachts. You know, they get really hung up on the millions of dollars, you know. Um, at the end of the def- at the end of the day, you have to figure out what you define as success. And for some people, like if you can healthily pay your own bills, put a little bit away for some version of a retirement, you know, and and that's the level that you want to stay at, and you don't want to keep climbing, then that's where you need to stop. You know, that's the level of growth that you should start getting comfortable with and shoring up your shoring up your ability to continue doing that long term, and then just hold there. You know, rather than doing you. Because, you know, we talk a lot about struggle, but what that translates to is time away from your friends and family, you know, which I've, oh, right before we started this podcast, I was talking about, man, I miss my friends, you know? <laughs> you know? I'm and, right with you on this one, Shane. I'm right with you. Uh, like, we haven't seen each other in forever. It, it's been a while. And I mean, I, I've seen you as much as I've seen just about anybody else. Goodness. I'm sorry to hear that, you know? <laughs> No, but you, okay. you, you have a tendency by nature to alienate your friends and family, you know, and yeah. uh, and so at the end of the day, those other posters that you see that say, like, this is the most important thing in life, that's also true. You know, M- Michelle and I started Node partially because we were like, you know what, we can do this from home. Uh, my job can be done from behind a computer, and then I travel from time to time with meet and do the human connection thing. But we can do this at home. And so now for six seven-ish years we've been doing that and so forced uh intimate time together with our family has been great you know but you know uh you know you you hinted at it earlier my path started going a little bit different a few years ago in a, in a really great way and we can talk about that too if you'd like in, in a really sure great enough. way but then it kind of uh, it snowballed and it, and it again and it cascaded and it turned into many businesses. And and so I'm right in the middle of building a couple of those right now. Um, and so I'm back to the grind. It's time, it's time, it's alienations of your friends and family, you know. And, and people that are your good friends like yourself, you know, they understand, you know, because they're in some cases living through it themselves. Or they say like, you can't play video games tonight, it's cool, you know. And like, one friend was joking with me and said, if that's the level that is required in order to be, you know, your level of success, I don't want that. And, I, and my response was, I completely understand. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's perfect for you. You know, so. That's, that is, it. okay, so I can relate that just to having kids going to swim and two other little youngsters and, you yeah. know, Kim pursuing her passions in life and then. While well, I'm working a full-time job and me pursuing passions as well, like trying to figure stuff out and yeah. the, the like how we have to work together as a team and even my parents, my brother, everybody. My brother owns his own Snap-on route. route uh, Sweet. Yeah, he's a business owner himself and he's he comes down here and he goes, besides being entirely too busy, like <laughs> you guys are insanely busy all the time. Like you never stop. It's a cool place. Like I like it. Yeah. Like it's really, really like you're, it's a very warm home. But that right there has been said so many times to us. We don't really notice it, but we also understand like mm. this this is not the we choose to live the way we live. Yeah. And prioritize the things we prioritize to be moving at this hectic pace where, you know, like it's it's just go, 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 go all the time and every minute has a priority. Like yeah. it I mean, that is it. It has a purpose. I mean, it has a purpose. It has a purpose. Yeah. So and, and you know, we all have goals, right? Yeah. You know, you, you invest time for something 
And it's not just so you can invest more time and then invest more time and invest more time. We all have goals. And you know, some, some people don't. Some people like to have that, like have downtime where like they like to just go do it. Like you said, it's yeah. fine for, it's healthy for people to do it a certain thing. Yeah. It popped in my mind of, it just hit me when you said that. It's like maybe that test right there is to see the people who truly are going after it for the right reasons and the other people that are not. Yeah. We can talk about that too. You know, you, you, you hinted at, you know, so and, it, and it's greater than 90% of people like those first, let's call it the six months, you know, the six months of blood, those people get masked off of that point. And again, very healthy because in some cases, if those individuals and if they kept going beyond their barrier for say, then that leads to bad things. That's divorce. And that's, you know, losing all of your friends and, even worse things beyond that. So I usually yeah. encourage a lot of people come to me and say like, "Hey, listen, like I want to start a business." And I'm like, "I have like 85 questions for you, right?" <laughs> you do. And I actually <laughs> ask you questions like you fire them off. I'm like, "This is awesome. Like, he knows what he's talking about." Yeah. Well, I know how to fail, right? I know really really well how to fail. And so usually I, I think especially with people that I care about, like yourself, I try to say, like, are you on a path toward what I would consider to be failure? If I believe the answer is yes, I'm going to very respectfully tell you this is what I think is going on. Maybe you should make these small changes, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Because in some cases, it's kind of like watching your kid play video games. They're going to screw it up, right? But when they fail in the video game, they're going to get better after that. And so everyone has their own path. And, and I've had that conversation that, I, that you described it has to be over a hundred times with people. Um, and I love that, you know, it's part of the reason why I was really excited at the university when they say, Hey, can you come, uh, be a professor for this one particular style of class? I jumped all over that. And I thought that would be great. It ended up not working out in the long term because it is a whole lot of time and you certainly don't do that for the money. Um, but I got a lot of, um, emotional, like, um, what's the word? Whenever I, uh, I got a lot out of it for the emotion. I got to help a lot of young people go in the, in the, in the right direction. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. How do you get to start? So do you, once you, you're, you're on your feet, you're paying your bills, everything's on an upward trend now, success with Node. Yeah. Now you're trying to find out what other businesses you can open up. Well, it, it, that wasn't really the path, honestly. You know, so at that point in time, the goal was... We're just going to have this husband-wife company, and I can explain a little bit more about my business, and this will help here. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of leave it that way, maybe forever. You know, I, I thought at the time that that was the path, and I learned differently. Uh, so what I do in particular as a consultant, I'm, I'm what's called a turnkey consultant for medium to large-scale projects. All right, imagine an oil and gas company, imagine a municipality, they need telecommunications of some kind. Uh, they need towers with things on the towers that do stuff and things. They need lines in the ground to make all that work. So we're talking millions, tens of millions, in some cases hundreds of millions of dollars that they need to spend in order to achieve a goal. My job in these cases is a turnkey consultant where I can show up and say, like, this is precisely the way that you need to solve this problem. By the way, I know I have some partners, I have some connections, some good people that are, you know, have been doing this for decades. I can do all of this for you. I will integrate everything for you. I'll even manage the project. I'll report to you how, how things are going in, and I'll wrap it up in a pretty little bow and I'll hand it to you. It's a very niche thing, okay? Um, the cool thing about it is that it gives you opportunities to, to meet lots of people, especially people in my industry, which I love. 
and you get to meet specifically people who are very successful at it okay and so i was just gonna do that forever because i love that job man ocd i want to control everything you know like <laughs> smush it all together and like this is mine right it was a lot of that. Um, and then you had to have the technical affecte behind you. You had to have the technical acumen in order to be able to speak the language both to the contractors and to the customer. And then you have to be able to converse all of that without falling on your face. You know, it took a long time to get up to the point where I could do it probably medium decent. Um, but then I hit a ceiling. That's the thing that happened. Uh, the ceiling was I, I found like two really great projects that I worked on at the same time. At this point, bills are not only getting paid, we're, we're putting money in the bank. You know, like profits are going up and profits are starting to plateau, but they're good. You know, we were really happy about this, but I was working a lot. I actually like ruined my right hand. I think you've noticed when we work out sometimes, like I can't do some workouts. It's because of these projects. I was in front of the computer just doing it all day. We're talking 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. a couple of days a week and then normal work. It was, it was rough, right? And then my wife was asking questions like, this is cool, but goodness. And I was like, okay. And then about a year, maybe 14 months of that, and then I started meeting other people who I was like, you know, what if we combined forces? Uh, this is Paul Harlick, great man. And I've now been working for him, with him for like five years. And what if we see if we can maybe even get employees someday, you know, maybe get some contractors, and we start putting together projects together. We'll go chase some projects, get some revenue, and we'll get some people to work on it. Let's see how we can do the two of us. And that, that was the beginning of, at the time, we called it Solid Ground Interests. Um, and that was the beginning of what you just called a little while ago the serial entrepreneurship because we met another guy, another brilliant guy. His name is Nate Jones. And the three of us are still together. Uh, we're still working strong. And, and, and this holding company that we created has created all of the businesses that people usually ask questions about. And we did a few things right and a few things wrong. A lot wrong in the beginning. You know, just like anybody else, we failed a great deal in the beginning. And then we started meeting um, what now is, I guess you could say, our core group of partners and contractors and employees who we hold very dear, really good people. And now we go attack really big projects. So what we learned together is that the three of us together have way more than 300% of the ceiling that I had whenever I, I started, we can go chase much bigger projects, billion dollar projects, that kind of a thing. And that was, that was kind of the beginning of that next phase. So you're chasing billion dollar projects, but you're already working from six to nine and Michelle's like, hey, is this worth it? Type of thing. So how does going <laughs> that after question a billion, came up a lot. How does how does going after billion dollar projects with just two other people? So that's it. How does that give you more time? Well, it doesn't, right? You know. So uh, and so you talk about how some people want to keep going. Um, Nate and Paul and I have a similar drive. All three of us are different, and we're complementary. But we want to keep going, you know, because we we're, we think that we're good at what we do. You know, uh, karma and time will tell. Um, but we also have to pay our bills in the meantime. You know, so all three of us built up a little bit of cash. Uh, we've been living off of that cash. And we started a couple of companies consulting. We have an engineering firm now that are paying the bills and they're doing great. 
Uh, but we have learned that some of the most important parts of our specific business is the ability to go out and close contracts of a particular size and then layer those on top of each other and create businesses. Um, and then along the way, we started learning a lot more about finance, um, tax implications and accounting and, and proper ways to manage people, proper ways about how to manage yourself. You know, I had to take a whole bunch of personality tests and realize some, there's some things that I really suck at. And they were a surprise. <laughs> That's a thing to they hear, They were right? a surprise, you yeah. know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then whenever you soul search a little bit, you realize, you know, I think I'm garbage at managing human beings. I learned that about myself, but I'm really talented at maybe taking specific technologies that don't usually work together, but together could solve a particular problem for, I'm really good at this part. Uh, they keep saying CTO, but anything with chief and officer in it usually makes me a little squirmy. <laughs> One thing that Nate told me, I need to start getting better at that too. Like stop getting squirmy about stuff. Like it's going to be okay. Well, if you're not good at, so if you're not good at managing people and you realize that, then you start to say chief anything, officer. You're over <laughs> people, right? That's what yeah. you are. You're, you're managing a bunch of people. Like sure. you're making sure the project, like the... They do all the work, and then the final cut comes to you to review, basically. Yeah, and, and trust me, by the way, that exercise of learning about yourself is certainly not over. You know, Paul and Nate and myself were constantly, like, reevaluating and saying, like, well, what, did we have an issue pop up today? Why? What went wrong? Like, do we need to make small adjustments? And a lot of it is now we have W-2 full-time employees, which is just as stressful as having children in a non-derogatory way. Uh, just, because you you care about you care about their well being a great yes, deal, yes, right? You know, yes, yes, one hundred percent. And one of my, in, I, but some, they're not you, and they're not doing the things the same way you would do them. No, no, and that's fantastic news. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like, so you're managing the people. You have to, like you said, you have to be good at managing people and understanding they do it different than you. Yeah, and then you also care about them because they have families. Yes, and yes, so you've got this weird dichotomy of like you're yeah. not doing that right but also man i really care about you like i love you <laughs> and so they uh you know i will say my my full-time employees they they're very suspicious you know because i i give that speech a lot you know and they're like you really sound like a used car salesman sometimes i'm like no this isn't bs like you look wait, way better than one nate, well, i think so yeah nate and paul like nate and paul and i and we have our other business partners like we care we want you guys to want to stay and it's not a line like give us feedback and you know the some of the smarter ones you know they say like well you know we think that you guys kind of suck at this and like we might be able to hire somebody that's good at that you know thank you for that feedback right um anyway it's tumultuous to say the least and so that specifically the companies that are open right now under our holding companies have been in like 99 percent of my time has been towards uh, just managing and putting out fires in those companies. So, um, so because you're good yeah. at because you're good at combining the thing. I, this yeah. is it. so the the I guess the question that personality test and figuring that out. So it brought up something specific, like when I play sports, mm -hmm. right? I have an idea of what I like to watch, I like to play, I like to do, right? Mm -hmm. I have this idea in my head that I make up, and what I realize when I get in the middle of that is that I actually may be totally different than that idea of something that I think is cool, yeah. right? I have to dive into what I'm good at to be at my best at that area. Yeah, even if it's bad news, right? It, it is bad news because I'm like, oh, I'm not as, I don't look as good when I hit that shot. <laughs> or, I don't, you know what? 
I really don't play this style of game or I don't do XYZ good, right? So now I've got to, what do I do good? I do the thing that I didn't like good. Mm. Like I don't like to watch it, but I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. And if I want to win or if I want to be good, I have to dive into that and make that the focus of where I'm going. Yeah, you know, I... That's a tough thing to hear though because it's tough even for me on, in, in a hobby. Even for me in a hobby, it's like, oh man, I really want this. Like, I want this so bad. Yeah. That's a bummer because I love this thing so much. And then man, like, I can feel oh. it from you right now. Because <laughs> yeah, you're that personality where you're like, you know, that, that raw emotion that comes out of something that you, that you know that you would love if you were amazing at it. You know, so yeah. I, I will say like when one thing that entrepreneurs are really great is the dream. You know, you sit around... You have a beer. You talk about, all right, we're going to open up this civil engineering company. Like, this is what I want. You know, all three partners sit around. We stare at each other and we say, this is what I want from it. And then essentially we start like a little mini mini negotiation. But as part of that, you say like, man, in my brain, I'm managing these people and they all love me and they want to work and I love them. And then like, they'll be like, you're the best boss in the world. And then you realize like, "Mm, we're not going to put you in that position because they won't like you inevitably. It hurts. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. Like, well, but no, now one thing I will say, you know, using your sports analogy, whenever I realize that I'm not a really great pitcher, but shortstop and make a whole lot more sense, like now, like I have a genuine amount of happiness with my role because come to find out, some of these tests are pretty good and I am really good at this. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Imagine yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so Nate, one of our, he's a, um, He's a licensed, what, he would always get mad, I use the wrong word here, he's like a, a therapist, psychologist, whatever it is. Oh, we, you can mess that up real bad. I've done that sure. before. If you say the wrong one and... Well, I just said both, so there's yeah. a 100% chance that I got it wrong, right? In some capacity. But he's also very well read and, and, well, and he's learned. He reads tons about this kind of stuff. And he does it mostly because he wants to be a really great in our case, a CEO of a couple of our key companies. Um, and so for that reason, he he starts to learn more and he consumes more of it. And then he says, actually, this is a really interesting fact. And it's always a surprise, you know? I mean, who learn, who sits around learning about this stuff? Well, he does, you know? And so he's a really valuable partner in that regard, you know? It, speaking of serial entrepreneurship, we, uh, we sat down and, and, and we have this really... I don't think it's unique at all. I've learned that business, like what we're doing, opening up different companies for different purposes, is actually a thing that a lot of people do. Nobody really talks about it. Um, well, you, okay. I have yeah. to say this to you, though. Okay. So I don't think it's things that a lot of people do. Okay. I think, because this is something, and you and you, maybe, you, maybe you'll see it this way, too. Uh, when you're part of the 1% and you live in the world of the 1%, uh-huh. you don't know you're the 1%. I see. Okay. Does that like so? Imagine your let's let's say uh, CrossFit purposes. You're Rich Froning. Okay. You're sitting there in the middle of Matt Frazier, of all Scott Panchek. You're you're surrounded by uh, 20, 30 people that are just like you, right? There's and a you're, lot of five star athletes. Yeah, out but there. You're, yeah, but okay. we're looking at them as five star. They're battling each other, and they're like they see their deficiencies. Mm. And so they spend all their time, 364 days a year, in this little group. And so out, they don't see the outside of that little group, okay. that they are the 1%. They I'll, see that themselves I'll as 1%. I'll concede that. That's a, that's a very fair point. Yeah. I'll so, concede that. You so, know? I mean, I don't think a lot of people do it, but I think enough people do it, that more people do it than what you figured they did. 
That's a good way to explain. Yeah. All right. I'll buy that. A lot more people do specifically what we do than I expected because when it was first pitched to me, I was like, no one does this. And then I was, I had, you know, because of my particular nature, um, I was provided a lot of citations and statistics and information about not only is it legal, which is a question I ask all the time, you know, is this against the law? No. Cool. <laughs> That's prove a good it. way to start. Prove it. Well, <laughs> if you saw what we pay lawyers, you know, like prove it's not not illegal. It's like, well, I do this for a living, living young man, but sure. You know, uh, we've noticed that even in our own network, there's what I would consider to be more than expected. Okay. Gotcha. And the thing that I'm talking about is opening up another business and then another business and then another business strategically separating those rather than keeping them all in one place for logistics for coordination for legal uh and for well financial reasons you know so we and we do that we could every single company that i own we could do all of it in one company but we would spend 20 30 40 percent more money in order to keep them afloat and furthermore, there are some tax implications that I, I don't really like to talk about those a great deal because they're like nauseatingly boring, but there's good tax reasons and we and we save on our personal taxes and on business taxes as a result of this. Yeah. And it's not, trust me, you know, my I get challenged on this a lot. We are not taking out of the government's hands whatsoever. We actually generate an, a massive amount of revenue. And the tax man always gets his due. Trust me. Oh know? yeah, they do. And and it's encouraged by the by the government. These things that we do, they say like if we give you these alleviations, then you can go do more. And these these are very unique and niche alleviations that are for people for what we're trying to do, which is the creation of revenue. We yeah. we we help with the GDP. So the IRS is cool with us, and they have to be um, because if they weren't, our economy would to a stop and it would be crippled so that's it, an interesting that's an interesting note because in golf i grew up playing a bunch of golf yeah and uh in golf they always say the rule book the the, the rules are actually there to help you mm. not to hurt you everybody looks at it the reverse they look at it as like oh i did something i went out of bounds i hit you know this or that they look at those things but they don't pay attention to all the other little rules in there that if you follow the rules to the t mm. it actually helps you out in certain yeah. cases so like what you said makes a lot of sense to me in my brain your, like, your analogies are on point <laughs> it's like you do this a lot right and and that's and that's that's again you're good at this part it's a better way of saying what i said is that these rules are there to encourage you to grow to hire more people to dump more into the irs coffers in the long term and oh you so, said it good because yeah. it hit my brain like i just saw it all of a sudden like it's like a little my brain works that way, Shane. Oh, like okay. you say something, and then I see an entire story, or my life's going. Oh, I get, I can see that how that correlates. Sure. With each other. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You asked me to come on this, and you're like, "What business do you want to talk about?" I was like, oh. uh, fun, interesting point. You know, so a few of these businesses. Um, the, this is going to sound weird that the way that we say it, but a few of them, all of them, have to be legitimate businesses in order for this entire idea to work. But some of them make a lot more revenue than others, and those are a function of our effort. You know, we go out, we create projects where they weren't before, and we jam it into the system. And some of them are based on the human component. You know, like you said the word, like you know, what business would you want to talk about that people would want to hear about? And we've got a couple of those. You know, one I mentioned is the travel agency. 
blows people's mind every time they hear that. Like you have it in a, like, well, us having a travel agency makes a lot of sense. A lot of our employees and our contractors, even our friends and, and people that we want to impress customers, you know, they travel a lot. And, and Nate wanted to put together this really great travel agency that did super fancy, like five-star chefs. And like, they take you out to Montana, you do some great hunting, uh, all the way down to just facilitating with booking of flights and booking of hotels and that kind of a thing. And it made a lot of sense to support our businesses just because we've got a guy, his name is Nick, he's really smart, who can just like, listen, I got to go to Louisiana for four days. Please just handle it. And he's like, I got you. And then he send, he takes care of everything for me. That Man, it's really easy to get addicted to that, I will say. But he's also like a Disney vacation planner, like a certified Disney vacation planner. And he can... He can fly out a chef to a really cool place just to show up and stay, stay at your house and cook Whoa. for you for a week. And, and like, that takes somebody who really knows like people and how to coordinate some stuff. Yeah, he's he's talented. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so we we brought him on as a partner, and he's a partner in our travel agency. And then the other one is a it's a civil engineering firm um, with makes sense um, for what I do for a living because we're we're a civil engineering firm here in College Station, Texas, um, but we do a great deal of telecommunications because of my presence there. You know, So more than half of our revenue it has to, something to do with fiber optics, for example. Um, so that's another one where, you know, I don't know a great deal about the civil side. My two partners that are licensed PEs, the professional engineers, they do. And they're always saying all the time, like, civil engineering is very, like, very normal to people. Like, hey, I got to put stuff in this right-of-way on the side of the road, a, st- a storm drain, a sewer, and all that thing. And I know nothing about that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But they, they say things like, it would be great if just more people knew that we existed. So that's Legion Engineering um, in, in College Station. Most people look at architecture. They don't understand, like, the engineering part is sure. what makes it happen. Like, sometimes uh-huh. architecture looks pretty, but you can't put that there because it's not going to work. It, it's, it's way more interesting than what I bury into the ground that nobody ever sees, but it makes the internet work, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. you're going to see the pretty, but you don't see, like, you know, the layers of concrete underneath there that you had to get level and push the dirt around. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah, the engineering side is the important side that makes it work. Mm-hmm. And, and so Paul and Walt, they're licensed PEs, and we've got engineers underneath them that do all the civil side and they're way smarter than i am for sure <laughs> they've got like this cool little stamp the state of texas says they can stamp a thing and people won't get hurt if we did that thing oh, man you know? yeah i don't have the responsibility for that stamp though yeah no they ask lots of questions in order to make sure they can do that but because uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm assuming with that stamp everything falls back on that yeah that's the name. whole point of the stamp yeah right so if they stamp it then they're putting their career on the lines that if something goes wrong that they're going to be yeah. at fault risk so. and reward like you said 100 percent. it's saying the <laughs> entrepreneur thing like 100 hey you want the stamp well here's the responsibility that comes with it yeah totally yeah that's wild mm-hmm. man that's so do you uh is there places where people can find like can the public go to your travel they can uh so i forgot to I, i'm doing a terrible job at this so You're that's a fantastic job that's called four stroke adventures and it's fourstrokeadventures.com for the most part my friends and i usually tell them like i got you and then i'll get them connected to nick but that's yeah. not a good long-term strategy so <laughs> we've got the whole website the whole i'll thing. put a link yeah. in the podcast oh, thing. thank you just click on it thank you appreciate that yeah yeah and uh and uh, we uh, we tested it out just like with like my family members. You know, my my mother and father and uncle and aunt wanted to go to Victoria 
um, somewhere up in the Northwest is my understanding. And then Nick uh, just kind of handled everything, got them in an amazing place. Because of the connections that he has, he can get really amazing places for cheaper than you can get it on your own. Uh, sent them the fancy restaurants. And I grew up in West Texas, out in the middle of nowhere. And so these places were especially interesting to them, you know. And it, like if yeah. I would have been there, I would have just been Googling all over the place. So yeah. uh, the, the feedback that we're getting from these pods of tests are, are all good. So we're, we're happy to have Nick, you know, handling all that for us. And then who would... Who would want to find your civil engineering thing? Good question. You know, people people in our network, you know, this is relevant. You know, every once in a while there is a developer who's putting houses out in a new neighborhood that he's building. You know, that's something that, that uh, Paul and Wall can help with. You know, uh, whenever you're making any kind of a structural change to a building or something like that, a civil engineer is usually involved there. Um, you know, Paul, Paul, I will say, I forgot to mention, Paul does have one cool tick to his resume where the Kyle Field redevelopment project four or five, uh-huh. six years ago, he led that whole project. Whoa. And he was, uh, you know, at the project lead. Everything ran up to him. He had, he had to handle everything. And we, we, uh, we're not really supposed to talk about it. We've got a couple of similar projects in the hopper where we're going to be doing something similar. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Well, that's, man, I, just being around this town while that was going on and all the yeah. different, con- doing different things completely separate, just like, that is a, that's wild that he had to manage all of those things all at once. Like, yeah, he's he um, one guy. I'm super blessed to have him as a partner. He's Oof. way smarter than I what am. What a baller. Sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for real. Yeah. All right. Cool, Shane. Yeah. Well, this is a blast. Anything else you want to plug? Or? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. You know, no. uh, my, we uh, more than anything in the world, I think probably the people that would listen to this podcast and then our friends in general. It's uh, we're we're really good at recognizing that we are blessed to have really great friends out there. And at the end of the day, you know, like we had mentioned it earlier, we're doing all this for a reason. You know, everybody's cascading towards a particular goal. There are those rare individuals who just love the grind. I'm not one of those people. You know, I, I do have, I have a goal um, after many, many years of putting all this together. And then I'm really looking forward to along the way, keeping some friends and then being able to enjoy time with them at some point. That would be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Shane. Yeah, my pleasure.